You're listening to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast, brought to you by Vespa. Hi, welcome to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast, and I'm your host, Peter Defty, and today we are having a conversation with Tina Hine, and um, Tina Hine, say hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And and this is going to be a test conversation, so the audience has to be a little bit patient with us. Um, but but Tina's been an athlete I've been working with and talking to for several years, and it got started with some online conversations about her diet and her running. And um, I gave her some recommendations, got some Vespa in her hands. She made some changes, started running, and it worked for her. So. Um, Another win, and she kept, we kept this conversation going. We've had a bunch of really interesting conversations over the years and across the map. And so we thought that we should kind of bring these to the fore because there's a lot of really interesting topics that we can share. And, and I've always come back from these conversations learning a lot, and, and apparently that's been mutual with you, Tina. I'd say, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Understatement yeah, of the century, I think, yeah. Yeah, so we kind of wanted to start having these conversations uh, in a recorded format to kind of get out there because um, we think you, the audience, if you're willing to subscribe to us and listen to us, uh, might uh, take a little bit away from this in, in your um, training or workout or long drive when you're wanting to get some new ideas and some perspective on what's going on um, in the realm of health and, and performance. And when I say performance, I mean that across the spectrum, not just the athletic performance, because what I'm noticing more and more is um, this is one of these things with OFM that once you get your body back to that physiology of burning fat as the metabolic or the fuel source and um, all that, it has ramifications uh, across the spectrum, not just for the athletic performance realm. So Tina is living the life. And that's part of the reason I have her on here. She, to me, she is living the life in Nanaimo, British Columbia. Yes, you got it. Okay. And this is an island, right? Um, Nanaimo is a small city on Vancouver Island, just off of Vancouver, British Columbia. Yes. So, so you are, you are on an island. You yes. have to take a ferry over from yes. the mainland. Yeah. It's part of okay. the magic of Very Nanaimo. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, gosh, I have a, I have a second cousin that lives on Quadra side. Oh, I haven't been to Quadra yet. Yes. I need to go there. Yeah. Busier cousin. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big artist colony. Yes, it is. We have many of those yeah, yeah, yeah. off of Vancouver Island. So we have a really interesting little flow of, of energy right in this little corner of the world. I love it. Is this been, has this been identified as one of those energy spots in the, in the world? I think it should be considered a dragon point. Yes. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, they, they, they say that, like, Antigua, Guatemala is one of those places. Mm-hmm. I think Vancouver Island mm-hmm. is one, too. Okay, okay. And, and you know, there's no science to this, folks, but <laughs> if you've ever been to some of these places, there's something going on, and you can see and feel it. Yes. Um, and, and that's about all I can say at this point. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, my, my second cousin, Perry, she's a portrait artist, so if you ever need a family portrait, I, she's she's your person. Sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, 
Tina's living the life in Vancouver or Vancouver Island, yes. right? And so um, this is a good starting point. So Tina, tell us about that life because what it embodies. That is such a great question. Um, I, I don't know if we could even, I don't even know how to begin to say what living the life means for me right now. And I have to say that I feel a little... You're being the life. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Thank you for that. Thank you for pointing that out to me, for being the life. Maybe that's all it is, is that um, all the things that I have been learning steadily over the last three years and, and implementing in my life, the ones that have stuck, have changed me from from just doing my life into just being my life. And I think if, I think that's what you want us to talk about today, isn't it? It's how I got to here. Well, I'm, I'm open to the, the, the whole wonder and curiosity of it. Let's, so let's see what flows out yeah. of that, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, you're, you're, you're in a state of being and doing, and this is, you're a regular person. You've come with all the struggles and probably some more than most who people, knows, maybe. right? Sure. Right. Yeah. But, but you've got, you've, you've got a, you've got a, a situation now that's really working for you and you're enjoying that yeah. being where you are. And, and I think what I wanted to share with people today is, is, is you and, and that life that you're living, correct. But also something people can relate to and, and, and they're all on their journeys to getting into that state of being and, and how, you know, sharing your journey and talking about the different topics we've talked with about the last three years since we started to work together, uh, how that's evolved into where you are now. But give us some of the topical stuff, like, you know, the, the stats, what your life is like in terms of the, the, the surface stuff. Okay. You know, you like you've got a husband, uh, kids, yeah. pets, yeah. career. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to jump right into this little aspect of myself that um, I've got to tease it out. Of yeah, you. you do, because uh, there's definitely I have some some old programs around trying not to be too big. And so asking when you ask me, no, let's let's blow let's blow it through the road. I know exactly. You can be as big as you want. <laughs> OK, well, um, you're right. I um, I'm married. I have been with my partner since I was 15 years old. And um, I met him on the other side of the country. That's where I'm from originally. We have a, we've been together for 25 years and we have a 12 year old son um, whom we homeschool. And I think I am the most proud of, not just because he is a handsome, intelligent, strong young man, but I think also because I think that I became. I became human through raising him. Does that make sense? It's part of the journey of a mother. Yeah, yeah. And that maternal instinct being complete. Yeah, and just looking at him and asking him for his help today, like he set us up here, to, set me up here today because yeah, I was, I was going to comment that, that he's amazing because he's also bailed us out oh. of of the whole of technology oh, that I dug we're myself deeply on. into. Yes. Oh my gosh. So he, I have that aspect of my life. Um, and like you mentioned, I have, I've had always had a strong, strong, strong connection with animals. And so I have, so, so run us down the laundry list of the animals, starting <laughs> with the dog and the cat. I, I do need to add that if I didn't have my husband, my list of animals would be much larger that live with me. Um, he keeps me grounded. <laughs> so, so in our in our um, 
non-human family. We, uh, we have a marvelous, lovely, mixed-breed shepherd lab, um, bulldog cross. Um, we have a cat that came to me in the weirdest way, which contributed to some of my anxiety yesterday in our talk. I'll tell you about it later, Peter. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I have um, a beautiful, beautiful feathered friend that I have worked with for 18 years, and I'm so excited to get going with her again. She, her story is one on its own that I'll tell you about one day too. And, um, and then probably the newest creatures in our family are the beautiful goats that um how many four four beautiful nigerian dwarf goats ideally it's meant to be three but right now we have a fourth as well but they they um bring us right circle us right back to that point you mentioned earlier about um about trying to obtain my food as close to the as close to me as possible you know they talk about the 100 mile diet and i i think that the 100 yard diet is what my goal has been um and so some days not right now but some days some weeks um for a whole week maybe even um the whole all of the calories i consume are from them and that i think is what i'm very very proud of wow okay and then what about your career mm. Oh my gosh! I'm. Tell us about that. That's that's. It's yeah. it's um it's the thing. It's I have so many things that I can say that I am incredibly proud of. My relationship, my son, my my home, and my career. My career. Um, from the time I was three years old, I'd say little littler than I am now. I always wanted to work with animals, and until I was in university, I thought that meant being a veterinarian. And then I learned that being a veterinarian, as much as I admire them, and I know uh, an incredible one that works together with me so much and helped with that eagle rescue a couple of weeks ago, um, being a veterinarian was not my path. And so when I graduated university in 2001 and started working for an incredible family, um, about six months after, I used to be surprised to find that that career dropped right in my lap because the interesting thing about that career is that I didn't see the job posting that got me into this trajectory. My best girlfriend did. And she said, you should come. You should come and apply for this job. And I got it. She didn't. And what that meant was, um, what that meant was that six months after I started working for this family, um, in another aspect, birds entered my life through them. And so my job, my career, my trajectory now is, as I see it, is to help people to connect with wildlife in a way that they didn't understand before. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And so my job is to, by working together with raptors that have hatched in human care, um, they work together with us to help people to learn and they help us to save lives every day. But my job, I think, is to open people's minds and their hearts to to creatures that we have often not really given any thought to. And so I'm most proud of our demonstrations now when I have people walk away saying, wow, they didn't realize that that birds could, I don't know, that birds could choose and that they weren't just in creatures that are based on instinct. And I remind them that we're not much different than they are. So... In a nutshell, that's my career. Yeah. 
and, and how you know that you kind of have a full circle like I said that you know one of the things that constantly amazes me when I look at biological systems is this bio what I see as the biological cycle of life mm-hmm. and it's how it's just one huge matrix but you kind of got that uh, small little circle of life working in your animal kingdom because you have ruminants mm-hmm. right yeah. the, the Nubian go- the Nigerian goats yeah. and then you have and raptors so there you've got the two extremes of of the cycle of life, the food chain in terms of the animals, right? Of of the animal kingdom. Yeah. And I celebrate them all. I love predators the most, but I celebrate them all and love them all. Well, that's probably because you identify with predators the most, as much as we have kind of tried to, um, you know, put ourselves in that Bambi fairy tale world as a culture. Yes. We are, we are the apex predator and, and, no matter what we do, we're the predators and we're, we're opportunity, we're opportunistic predators and, and how, you know, it doesn't matter whether we're, you know, preying on an animal for our food or plants or just the fact that we exist and occupy the niche that we do. And with our human brains and ingenuity, we've created all these, um, conveniences, modern conveniences by extracting resources and how all this has created some huge unintended consequences. Peter, I have to jump Uh, in here because you sparked something in my brain that just made me say, wow, which was, I think my life flipped, like polar 100% flipped when I stopped trying to be prey and became the predator that I was meant to be. Right. The conscious predator, the aware predator, right? Yeah. And I think that's a good, that's a wonderful point because by our attempts at justifying our existence, shall we say, mm-hmm. and it's part of that cycle of life, right? Yes. If, if something's living, it's got to take from something else. Yes. And it's part of that cycle. And and the more we try to ensconce ourselves in this human construct to justify our existence, the more we probably are in denial of that existence and of the impact it has. Yes. And I'm not just talking about, say, the climate deniers mm-hmm. or the vegans. I'm talking about all of us yes. because say you, you're all for climate change and you say it's happening. Well, it's, it's, it's much more complicated than driving a hybrid car or choosing a plant-based diet. Exactly. We're still, you know, no matter how much you do, we're, 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 you know, mo- most of these people who are like big on board, they're driving really expensive hybrid cars. Yeah. And there's a lot of cost to making that environmental cost. And toxicity. And toxicity, right? Whether, you know, and, and it's like, are you really doing more rather than trying to have an old car that you kept running for 20 or 30 years? Yeah. And don't, and don't drive as much. Yeah. You know, or, you know, your choices in, in clothing or the foods you eat. I mean, you know, the, 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 the plant-based lifestyle for most of the people out there choosing it, they're not having that hundred yard diet where they're have a little plant box in their yard and Mm -hmm. raising goats Mm -hmm. and, and doing the things you're doing. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's why, you know, like 
you know, you need to be out there. Yeah. And I recognize you, you too, know, Peter, that, that one of the things that I'm going to, that some people might immediately trigger on or get upset about or become outraged about is that, um, depending on my def- demographic, for instance, um, some people might say that I'm privileged to be in the position that I am to be able to have a hundred yard diet. But, um, I would, w- I would posit, as you would say, that, um, that I created this, that I came from. You worked hard for it. You earned yeah, for it. Yeah, and that I worked hard. That's part of being a predator. Yeah. You're, you're out there to compete and win. Yeah, stalking. I pray, I guess. You're right, yeah. right. And, 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 and now you and your husband have your own business, right? He train, he's a trainer. He right? is, okay. yeah. Okay, so, but it's not like you guys are rolling in dough and you're about to do an IPO. No, no. No, we're happy though. We've yeah. never been. I, I people laugh at me and roll their eyes like so hard they can see their brains when um, when I say that we have reached a level of joy and um, and pleasure in our relationship that I use the word mythical to describe, and and it, I don't think it was handed to us. We worked for it. Yeah, yeah. But the pa- fact is, you guys don't make like big bucks you're, you're not it's not a you know you have your business a small business and it's a thriving small business i assume yes right it provides for you yes but it doesn't mean you're it doesn't mean you're driving a a sixty thousand or eighty thousand dollar te- tesla and taking trips to bali and stuff like that <laughs> well it's funny you say that because this year is the first time uh this this particular year, we actually, the business ha- needed a vehicle, and so we're driving a very lovely but still very masculine Dodge Ram and uh, and went on our first huge trip of the year. So, But that wasn't all just our business. It but it was, was a road things. trip. Yeah. It was a road, road it trip. Was a road it wasn't trip. corporate. It wasn't a corporate jet. No, we were in a camper van. Like, we rented a camper van, and we were still, like, we're still living life grounded, I think, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, and the 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 reason I'm I'm pointing this out is is so people recognize you're a regular person. Yeah. It's not like you have unlimited resources. You've created those resources around you and surrounded you yes. with these resources. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so let's kind of move the journey onto the thing a lot of people like to talk about because they always go to it first, and that's diet and like where you were three years ago and, and how you've come to this because you've been conscious of your health and all yeah. that. And you, you've suggested some infertility things, which is a big topic I've had with, we've had with a lot of different athletes. Naomi, one of my, one of my team members in Australia, you know, she, when she was an athlete and doing high carbs, she couldn't get pregnant. She couldn't fall pregnant as the Aussies say. Yes. They say fall pregnant. I'm like, I love the way they term that. I know the visual in my <laughs> head when I see that phrase, <laughs> Keep going, yeah. please, or I'll go down a hole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, but anyway, um, you know, let's start. You know, let's start with about. I guess you said about six years ago, you were, you started on this kind of quest to figure it out because of the fer- and it was the fertility issues that yeah. Well, you? yeah, the thing that the thing that I needed you to rein me in, Peter, on is is that is every time you say where did you start, I go all the way back to my birth at this point. But really, yeah. you're right. What was your What was your there? There's a famous. There's a famous. Um, scene in a in a Bugs Bunny cartoon yeah. with the Tasmanian devil and 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 the the devil's lying on a couch and Bugs Bunny's dressed up as Sigmund Freud with glasses. Tell me about your id when you was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, oh, I was a mean yeah, yeah. Let's start with just just yeah. Just let, not that far. No. <laughs> 
Not, uh, not, not, or what's the other scene out of Bugs Bunny where the start of life and there's a two tiny amoeba start of life. No, not that far. Yes. I think that's even in Fantasia. Anyway, um, yeah. but you're right. Um, I was struggling with my health for various reasons for probably much of my adult life. Um, but the point where it came to a head was when I would turn 34 and I started developing cystic acne on my face and I started um, right around the chin area and really pushed on my on my vanity I am very vain and uh, and so but also fertility so my cycle started to go out and that prompted us me thinking that oh my gosh maybe I'm pregnant and then finding out I was not pregnant and hey maybe we should really try started a six-year journey down a hole and but eventually back out when and, and even thinking you might be going through menopause early. yeah and and still wondering about that one but um but because my mom um definitely experienced the same thing but really when you look at it what i know now when you look at my mom and myself we both walked around just um a ball of clenched muscle and emotional shutdown so it doesn't surprise me that i was uh, heading down the same hormonal path as her as a result of that does that make sense peter Oh, absolutely. Okay. See it all the time. We'll, we'll be talking more about the stress yeah. and all that here. We'll get to that. But mm-hmm. let's, you know, let's stay with the nutrition journey and, okay. and, and go from there. Okay. So as a runner, um, I noticed that um, in addition to these hormonal things that, uh, that um, boy, I sure had to take a lot of gels and, and, um, and, and carb load, as they say, and, and then I could get my music on and, and aggressively get myself through a 10-kilometer race. And, um, and then I found chi running, so learned how to adjust my style, and then it was diet. Diet was key. Diet, for me, it was um, just one day, just like we're having a conversation right now, and we want people to be able to hear about my regular story. Um, I heard somebody talk about... Um, high fat and eating high fat and then I went um, like I do uh, I jumped in with everything I tend to run a little bit in the extreme when I when I try new things and so I explored this and and immediately noticed a change immediately and a change so significant that my husband who I normally would have to control into joining me in in trying new fads, jumped right in too and said, oh, wow, because he was seeing fat fall off my body and he was seeing me not eat all day and be able to go for a four-hour run and then work in the yard for five hours and then and then be able to take him down to the bedroom and, and, and continue our uh, into the evening without eating. And he said, well, I would like some of that too. So, but it wasn't what I found like with keto and, and um, paleo and so on is that it still wasn't right for me. And, and then I ran into you, Peter. And you tweaked it for me. That and another. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tweaked it for me. So I credit you for being one of the reasons that um, that I'm here. So thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. So you got that nutrition right. It had that physiological thing. And then now, and then, you know, but that's, it's a continuum, right? Yeah. So it's always dynamic. Totally. And it's a matrix. And, and, and now you've been exploring this whole stress side of you and this, this spiritual awakening yes. and leading into this being. And, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want the, the audience to put too much you know, this woo factor on it because otherwise we're going to lose them. Yeah. Right. It scares me. Right. But this that, is real. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's let's kind of d- dive into that because, you know, as I say, stress is as big a factor as the carbs. Oh, my God, Peter. Well, if I've, not more. Yeah. Well, that's and, what and I've been with saying. Women, yeah. And with women, with the delicate hormonal balance, it's it's on steroids there. Yeah, yeah. And I can't even begin to list all the things that I have done to get me here. But you're absolutely right. And that's what I was messaging about you, you about this week is that I said to you specifically, I cleared some really significant stress patterns in my life and also for my husband he benefited as well and he's also feeling even more joy and wonder as well but i cleared some significant stress patterns and since february 10th i've gone from 134 pounds to 123 pounds and and nothing has changed except that i no longer consume food to soothe my nervous system yeah, but how much how how heavy were you when you started with the hormonal problem? Mm. So you must have jumped down to 134, and now you're down to 123. I, I fluctuated, um, but the difference, like I I haven't been except for shortly after my son was born, and I probably tipped the scales at five foot one at 150 pounds. Um, in the last two years or three years, my, my weight has fluctuated. And so it's been around, my heaviest in the last three years has been about that 134, 137 maybe at when I'm at my most inflamed. Um, but what, um, what I think has changed my core body mass is the core exercises that I've been doing as part of another program as well. So, um, so now I feel like I, I, I had, since I started that core exercise and now I'm muscle from head to toe, um, I, um, my weight went back up again because of that muscle. And now it seems like with removal of the stress, um, now that fats, that fat or that fluid or that inflammation or that stress or whatever it is that you want to call it has, is literally melting off my body right now. And, and if I, if I didn't also see the results, Peter, I would think that my scale was broken and that it was the battery was just dying and it was going down. You know, probably some of that fluctuation from the, the time you had the hormonal issues to that 134 was probably change in, in a composition, meaning you were trading some fluid and, and fat weight for an increase in, in muscle density. I agree. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, maybe the weight fluctuation from that time that that first signaling of hormonal issues to the 134, that first step was probably a little bit of weight reduction, a lot of body composition shift. Super composition shift. Yeah. The exercises specifically um, that I've been doing have actually given me a waist. I've never, Peter, I've never had a waist before ever. Um, I've always had a very square figure and now I have a noticeable waist. And and I love it. Yeah, like I told, like I said, like I said to you, you you have the Varga girl look. <laughs> yeah, and that's and listen to the joy in my voice and the wonder, and I I just I just can't believe how much I didn't know and what I'm benefiting from now, and I've benefited from everybody sharing their experience, and that's why we're here, you and I. Yeah, well, and it's it's not it's not so much what you didn't know is it's what we've been what I call sold and told. Yes. That's, yes. Yeah. You know. You know, this stuff has been, you know, beaten into people's heads because I've been, you know, this journey I've been on with Vespa and, and OFM, it's been it's been the big side thing that I'm trying to write a book on is the whole thing about why does something so elegantly simple as burning fat as your fuel and yes. metabolizing fat for all the physiological functions, why people 
have huge amounts of reticence to it to accepting the idea yeah. and it's because they've been sold and told into this idea that gives them the illusion or the seduction that they're supposed to be this thin lean person by avoiding fat by avoiding salt and 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 really using fears that underlying messaging to, to kind of get them to follow this drumbeat of this message you're just drumming into them the whole time so it's yeah. it's not it's not your fault or anybody else's fault yeah, exactly. it's just and and when you have that fear thing stuck in you it's like i said you don't you stop thinking and you're not open to the new ideas and this is where uh you know i want you to keep talking about you know your current exploration of where you where you are because it, it kind of opens you back up I say back up to that child sense of wonder mm -hmm. and curiosity, approaching things with wonder and curiosity and without the fear. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to have fear at the time it's you need fear, which is healthy, meaning yes. something catastrophic is going to impact you. Mm -hmm. But I think between technology and everything else, the messaging it's put on us, it's like chronic fear, not just chronic stress, but chronic fear. Yes, that's how I was living. I was chronically afraid of everything, even myself. And that's, that's part of that awakening that, that you helped set the base of the pyramid for it. Like, I love that you chose to use a pyramid to represent you, what your plan is with OFM, because really you need to have this solid base. And so health, my nutrition, um, all of these things have allowed me to be able to, to open up. And like we were talking about yesterday, it, it's like I was going through life with blinders on and since we've set this my health up and my physical emotional health even now spiritual health um all of these things since we've set that up it's like i can't stop feeling wonder and awe at all of the things around me that i just didn't notice before right right it's like 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 i that's the thing is I, I don't ever want to get into old man syndrome where you get stuck in your way that's where i was i was an old man yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's what I call old man syndrome. And, and it's like, I want to, I want to have the, 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 you know, I, I learned so much from my children. They're six and four mm -hmm. and they haven't been jaded by life. Yes, I know. And that's how I feel now. I feel, right. You, you, yeah. see, you have to be street smart. You can't be yes. like, oh, it's all wonderful because you don't have your parents there to protect you. That's right. right. But, but you, you have to have that sense of wonder and openness. Otherwise, you can't, even though you want to change, you can't change because the messaging we're getting is well-intended. And that's the other problem. Yes. This is also well-intended, genuinely. Yes, well it really is. And that's the thing. And I think that's why you get so much outrage now, too, about this, about any topic, really, is that is um, we just don't know what we don't know. And, and when we're trying to share the things that we do know that maybe are... are, are have consequences that we just couldn't foresee that we we get a little defensive about our our own selves our paradigms our ideas i don't know but we want to defend the only thing that thing that we we believe makes us of value whatever it's whatever it's whether it's their physical body their emotional body their 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 career whatever um their diet their diet their sport. yes everything everything yeah. yeah they're trained yeah i know it's what i call the right mind yeah yeah, we're all right in our own mind, and it's a it's a primitive evolutionary survival instinct, and yeah. you got to get you got to be willing to recognize that and step back from it to yeah. to learn. And 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 what I see is that it's not just the messaging we see in all these different 
communication channels we're being bombarded with. So it's no longer radio and television and newspapers. It's radio, television, the newspapers, sort of like a dying thing for the you know the news, and it's getting fed to us in these soundbite things, and 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 to grab those because everything's been so diluted. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing this ramping up of news and what's topical in ways to kind of like you got to be first to market with it right so you have to have a more incredible more more sexy for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. byline or a more catastrophic fear-based byline like you know the whole thing with coronavirus right now is being totally overblown and i'm not suggesting for a second that it's not serious Mm, it is Mm -hmm. but if you understand what's going on and the etiology of it and the whole thing what's which being done by the the mass media and everybody else involved is they're over they're trying to overstep each other you know in terms of the noise level to get yeah. the message out and yeah. and even you know like the public health agencies are sounding alarms but they're trying to get people to be aware so but they're over you know they're having to overstep the the hyperbole of the news mm-hmm. To get a message out that, you know, yeah, we're ready. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Well, but and the other thing, created... too, that create... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, I was just going to say that one of the things that I that you sparked in my brain, Peter, was that not only do we have our own fear, but these amazing technological marvels that we hold in our hands and never take our faces off also shows us the entire world's fear as well. And so how in the hell pun intended, are we supposed to pull ourselves out of that without, like you say, getting some separation, taking a step back and really looking at ourselves and, and taking care of ourselves? Yeah, yeah. It's a, and you're right about that. It's a collective fear now, yes. not just an individual fear, right? Yes. But it's, you know, and that's the thing is like, you got to step away from that, that global fear to get that perspective and like you living in that somewhat isolated environment of Nanaimo Island, right? It's an island and choosing, choosing a lifestyle like that is, is a, is a really good model for people to say, Hey, Oh, this is interesting. And like I said, you don't have thousands of followers, but you should. (laughs) Thank you. I should, I should have thousands of followers, but I don't. Oh, you should have tens of thousands. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, but, 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 you know, it's okay if, if our kids follow us around, it's okay if our goats follow us around, it's okay if, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you were saying isolation too, Peter, that's been one of the things that I needed. I needed, I literally isolated, literally and figuratively isolated myself. And that, um, that helped me to focus on myself because I'm just, I've always been an incredibly sensitive person and I have channeled that into a career with animals um, as well as my family life. But, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, animals know they do. there's something, you know, there's something and we, we've in our human construct mm-hmm. and all these things we consciously talk about, about feelings, emotions and all that we've lost touch with just that, sense of knowing and being yes that connecting that just doesn't have a pattern or a formula yeah exactly and so I needed to I needed to isolate myself a little bit and I didn't actively say this is it I'm cutting off this and that and the other it just gradually it 
and quickly, to be honest, happened. And I took that opportunity to really dive into what I was afraid of. And that's been a really important point. And now I feel like we kind of spiraled down into this place of, of um, isolation. And now we're exploding out of it. And, um, and, and I, I'm so, I'm so grateful for the people who are connecting with me and telling me um, what I'm doing for them, because I don't think they understand what I, what they're doing for me. But just knowing. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, just knowing. That's why you're. That's why we're having this conversation. Hopefully, sharing it, people are gonna engage with yeah, it, and relate to it. Exactly, yeah. and I, I just don't think people, um, people know what what their life can be like until they really, really look at every little thing in the closet that they've been hiding about themselves for their entire lives. Yeah, and that's something we'll we'll we'll. we'll Save for another day. <laughs> Save for another day. We'll unpack that later. Yeah. So, you know, this is probably a good place to to say, hey, this has been a great conversation. Yes. And I'm glad what happened yesterday <laughs> happened because today was just spot on. It was perfect. And Thank uh, you. yeah. Yeah. So thanks very much, Tina. And we, we look, I look forward to having another conversation where, you know, hopefully uh, we'll get some people responding and mm-hmm. way you go. So audience, uh, once again, this is Tina Hein, the girl with six followers, a cat, a dog <laughs> and four goats. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And her, her predatory friends probably don't follow her, but they affiliate with they her. They do. They do. That's really yeah, excellent. Yeah. So, okay. Thanks, Tina. Thank you, Peter. You are listening to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast, sponsored by Vespa.